0: the crude life every monday through thursday with a week in review on friday if you don't hear a fiddle or a steel
1: guitar the hillbilly singing about a honky-tonk bar the bass ain't banging and the vocals are rough and brother it ain't country no welcome
2: if to
3: the crude life podcast my name is jason Speast, the north dakota nomad the shale play prophet coming to you from the hatch coaching studios We have our entitled intern Provolone, man in the production elements of this podcast. Coming up a little bit later in the program, Brandon Davis with Swan Energy will join us on the Bakken barbecue phone lines. I wanna ask him just what's going on with his company in response with the coronavirus, his feeling on it. I wanna ask him about small business too because this is the one, I I think this is gonna decimate small business. When I think of the server out there, when I think of the retail employee, that has rent or maybe a mortgage. But let's just say rent. And all of a sudden now they can't pay their landlord and not only is the server in trouble, but the landlord's in trouble. And I've got people with Airbnb properties that all of a sudden now, oh boy, they're in a tough tough pickle because how do you keep one or two homes going when you can't live there and nobody's there? Nobody can even get there. Like my friend has a Airbnb in Maui well, she can't. Have anybody even get there, even if they wanted to rent the place. So, this is this is like a big giant reset button on the planet. So, but I'll tell you what, folks. Here's the thing. Be happy out there. There's so much to smile about. So much to be grateful for. Because at the end of the day, the pandemic is not so much COVID-19, okay? The pandemic is fear. And a sound mind is a rational mind. At the same time, we don't want to discount anything. But reality check here, okay? The flu kills about 30 to 60,000 Americans every year. Hospital acquired infections kill about 75,000 a year. Now, they they talk about the 3.4 death rate, and they, they talk about that. Well, actually, those are just the ones that were so bad that they went to the hospital. This is not all the cases here. Kind of like how now they're finally doing the testing, so the numbers are gonna go up a little bit. And I always go back to the NBA. where There were NBA players sweating, banging up against each other, up and down the court, doing all that, and only two of them had this virus. So let's just take a step back, remain calm. You know what, Provolone, I'm asking for a moment. You know that? Right now, I'm going to ask for a moment for peace, for wisdom, and for our leaders to lead. Because right now is one of those amazing times in our planet where no matter what, we're going to be fine. But I do want the leaders to understand something. You're going to keep getting your six-figure salary because people at this level of decision make six figures. You're going to keep getting your six-figure salary regardless. But there are a lot of people listening to this podcast right now, and probably if it's on the radio, there's a lot of people listening to this on the radio that don't have that same luxury, that they can't just shut down their lives for 30 days, and so or even 60 days, whatever the case might be. And I understand to err on the side of safety, but at the same time, You do need to be a leader and understand what the ramifications and implications are to not only the economy, but to the public health. And that's where a leader needs to stand up and shine because right now that's what's going on. I know a lot of leaders are just waiting to be told what to do. And that's not leadership, that's middle management, okay? And I'm not here to pick fights. I'm not here to point fingers. I'm not here to do any of that. All I'm saying right now, is that if you are a leader who's making six figures a year plus, just keep in mind the servers are not. And there are a lot of workers that are not right now because you have asked them or even in some case told them not to go to work. Okay? So the accountability factor needs to be here as well. Now, what do you want from your life, people? What do you want from your life? Because right now you got the opportunity for a fresh new start right now you can take a step back and reinvent reset and revive your life if you like right now because why the world is in a contraction phase right now financially geographically all kinds of different things happening so this is a time to actually do it because it's kind of a forced cocoon right now so what kind of life do you want to live How do you want to live your life? Because right now you got that opportunity. You got that opportunity right now. Right now, I want to move on with this program. That's what I want to do with my life right now. And if you talk in the same tone, you keep the same passion going, who knows? People might get passionate about this podcast too. God darn it. Esoteric energy at its finest. Brandon Davis on today. Swan Energy. U.S. Senator Kevin Kramer. He's going to talk about extreme environmentalism. Actually, he calls it extreme liberalism. Our daily headlines coming up around the corner. Hey, look at today's sponsor. Folks, I do want to thank our sponsor today. We have a daily sponsor here at the Crude Life podcast. And if you would like to be a sponsor of the podcast, simply email jason at CrudeLife.com and we will get you the information on that. But today's Sponsor that we are oh so grateful for is Target Hospitality. Target Hospitality is the largest vertically integrated specialty rental and hospitality services company in the United States. They operate across the United States, proving high quality, cost effective and customized special rental accommodations, culinary services and hospitality solutions. They're part of their integrated housing and hospitality communities. For more information, visit TargetHospitalities.com. That's TargetHospitalities.com. Of course, we have the links on our Crude Life podcast show page as well. Our featured event is our March Madness tournament we have going on because most events are on hiatus until further notice. The Crude Life 2020 March Madness tournament. The first round of action is March 19th and 20th. Second round is the 21st through the 22nd. Of course, if you want more information, you can see the bracket right here at thecrudelife.com. Who's going to win the March Madness tournament? Will it be Target Hospitality? Will it be Swan Energy? Maybe it will be Oh Canine Pipeline Inspections. How about WIC? Boy, I tell you, Elite Energy Services is looking strong. Check out the brackets at the Crude Life 2020 March Madness Tournament. Okay. Let's see what else we have going on here real quick. Before We're going to kind of move along pretty quick, Provolone, today. I want to get to our guest. He's going to be calling in any minute. So we might have to kind of jump around and do a few different things and become that organic podcast we talked about originally. You know what? We just kind of want to fly by the seat of our pants because that's what we're doing in life right now. Everybody's under wraps. Everybody's got rules and regulations. Not the crude life. Our esoteric approach to energy is the great antidote for existential anxiety we've helped thousands of people here provolone thousands we just throw out the notes it's organic it's natural wing it man you know we wing it all right all right all right let's see where you go headlines folks headlines time here our first headline we're not going to take even a break that's how quick we're going to go today headlines comes from the mirage news This looks like an Australian story here, Provolone. Oil and gas supports economy in challenging times. Today's release of the Resources and Energy Quarterly, March 2020, reaffirms the important role in the resources sector, including the Australian oil and gas industry, plays in keeping the economy strong and resilient in the face of significant social and economic disruptions like COVID-19 pandemic. According to the Department of Industry, Science, Energy, and Resources, the value of Australia's resource and energy export earnings are forecast to set a record of $299 billion in 2019 and 20, up from $281 billion. Okay, so folks, this is great news coming out. Not only is it good news because it's, it's the industry moving along, but in Australia you know, they do renewable energy and they've got electric cars. And in the middle of nowhere, they'll have electric car charging stations with diesel. Okay. So they're very green over there. They're trying their best. And in this story here, they don't take any shots at it. They don't go at it. All they do is they come out and say, listen, folks, Australia's oil and gas industry is helping ensure we keep the lights on it's helping ensure our hospitals are working. Australia's oil and gas industry is helping public facilities operate. I love it. This is great. I don't understand why most news organizations can't do anything like this. There's no shots about how it's ruining the planet. No shots about how it's causing earthquakes in Zimbabwe. No. All it's saying is that, listen, there's a lot of problems right now in one bright spot because we haven't basically shunned them like the modern day lepers is the energy industry is the oil and gas industry specifically who supports the economy in challenging times and right now with the COVID virus holy smokes is it a challenging time for our economy do i need to get into my rant from five minutes ago no because you can just re-listen to the lovely linguistical stylings of myself You like that, Provolone? That's what we call a uh, cheesy transition because I was done. I wanted to move on. So our next headline here, which you've found, Provolone, comes from the Denver Post. Colorado's number one oil and gas producer girds for economic fallout from coronavirus but sees no cure for tougher law. Weld County expects $50 million hit from downturn in oil industry. Weld County, the state's dominant oil producing area, is bracing for major cutbacks in production because of tumbling prices. Not stumbling, but that would work too. And the coronavirus, which anticipates a roughly $50 million hit to its 2021 budget as a result. The industry analysis said Tuesday that oil prices hovering around $28 a barrel could plunge below $20 a barrel. Well, okay, folks, here's the reality check. The Bakken came out and said there's there's not good news. The, the Weld County and the DJ, same thing. This is a theme, except for the Permian. The Permian is mixed. Some companies are not doing as well. And some companies are doing fantastic down in the Permian. Because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, folks, people need their lights turned on, okay? People need their internet working. People need somewhat to drive, not as much. The energy industry not only isn't going to go anywhere, it is going to be needed throughout this transition, especially for the hospitals and the medical grids. You know, most of a town's electrical grid, I believe, is medical and emergency services, to be honest. So either way, it's this is going to be interesting because, you know, education, um, all these educators that have shut schools down until the end of the year, I'd wonder if they took into account all the tax revenue that's going to be gone from the oil and gas production that's gone. So it's, it's, it's interesting times that we're living in. A lot of big decisions are being made very, very cavalierly about other people's lives and that I get it. Hey, times are dangerous right now. Things are unknown. So anybody who even questions, anybody who even questions anything that's going on out there is going to get an arrow slung at them and it's going to be shamed and everything else. But you know what? I'm just not there. I don't live in a state of fear. I have a stronger mind than most. And it gets me in trouble. It does. It gets me in trouble. But at the same time, I do talk to doctors. I do talk to infectious disease specialists, Okay. And they are remaining calm as well. So, and what they're telling me, honestly, is that most cases are mild. People are getting over it without seeing a doctor or officially being diagnosed. And that in the reality, less than 1% or less than 0.05%, which is really lower than the flu, really. So keep in mind, folks, that's where we're at. And in Colorado, I tell you, I, I feel the pain. I saw it happen before my eyes. We tried talking about it on this program, and we continue to talk about it on the program. And anybody in Colorado who wants to come on this program, you're more than welcome. More than welcome to come on. Let's talk to our, or let's look at, excuse me, pardon me, our third headline today in our daily headlines, Mr. Rogers has a simple set of rules for talking to children. Oh, Provolone, very good one. Let's take a look here at, oh, The Atlantic. Actually, I read The Atlantic a lot. Mr. Rogers had a simple set of rules for talking to children. For the millions that grew up watching him on public television, Fred Rogers represents the most important human values. Respect, compassion, kindness, integrity, humility. On Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, the show that he created 50 years ago and starred in, it was the epitome of simple, natural ease. But as I write in my book, The Good Neighbor, The Life and Work of Fred Rogers, Roger's placidity belied the intense care he took upon shaping each episode of his program. He insisted that every word, whether spoken by a person or a puppet, be scrutinized closely because he knew that children, the preschooled aged boys and girls who made up the core of his audience, tend to hear things literally. Boy, I tell you, that is some sound words, you know. And normally I only read the first two paragraphs because in headlines, we try to read news like the average person. It's kind of the shtick of the deal. But I am going to go and read this a little bit later. I'm a big fan of Mr. Rogers I, uh, as a person. Not as much of the program because I just didn't get into it as much. But him as a person and his approach and his sincerity is something that even when I was... Teenage years and in my 20s, didn't think that was as cool to act like that. I still had a level of respect for him because it was sincere and it was natural and it was authentic. And I think that maybe that line I read about adolescent preschool-aged boys and girls tend to hear things literally. In today's day and age of this fear and this pandemic and the parents who do anything for the welfare of their children, If their children are hearing messages of fear in the media, seeing shows like Outbreak on TV because it's timely, maybe, listen, this is not the end all the BL of therapy on the couch here. I'm not trying to make it into that. We're barely an energy program at best. But at the same time, children do take things. And I, I am a parent. I'm a full-time father, so I do know what I'm talking about here. That when it comes to children, you should at least consider what you are saying. Rephrase it in a positive manner. State things in a very simple way. Kids need boundaries and want boundaries, but they res- they resist them and sometimes resent them but they still respect them and want them. So therein lies the challenge in parenting. All right. I had to end on something positive. That's how we go. Listen, I'm going to take a break, folks. I got to take a sip of coffee because I can't pronounce words. And I feel the uh, cotton mouth or dry mouth kind of setting up here as I've talked for a little bit of while. I do want to come back and start the interview with Brandon Davis with Swan Energy, as well as other companies. So St- stick around less than a minute. Listen to a little bit of Blind Joe. He's our music crossover here today. And let's see, our sponsors, Hatch Coaching Studio, the Bakken Barbecue phone line is where we're going to have Brandon Davis on today. And, of course, Target Hospitality is our sponsor here at the podcast. Check them out at TargetHospitality.com. My name is Jason Speece. We'll see you in about 60 seconds, folks.
1: Well, dreams come true, and I know they do, and I can feel the music down in my soul. You better make a little room at the top for a regular Joe.
2: Historic, the first full conversion refinery to be built in the U.S. in over 40 years. Innovative, the cleanest, most technologically advanced downstream project ever. The model for future shale basin projects, groundbreaking the Davis Refinery. I die all and
1: jamming for all my friends. That's you, Jason. And you'll hear me say from a mile away that I'm the luckiest man I know. You better make a little room at the top for a regular Joe. Yeah, man, so crank up the sound, turn up the lights. Let's get this show on the road. Yeah, you're all going to party tonight with a regular Joe.
3: Welcome back to the Crude Life Podcast. My name is Jason Speece, the North Dakota Nomad, the Shale. Play, profit. This is the Crude Life Podcast, the voice of the voiceless, the esoteric approach of energy, the anecdote for existential anxiety. Boy, look at that provolone. All that came up in my head in the last 60 seconds. That's why we don't take breaks too often here because sometimes my mind gets churning. It's like somebody put a quarter in me or now it's a buck, I suppose. No, no, hundred bucks. You're supposed to. You're supposed to manifest what you want to be. And I stopped wearing that luchador wrestling mask around the office last week because I realized I don't want to be a Mexican wrestler anymore. See, sometimes we change our mind. Provolone. All right, what do we got coming up next year? All right, is he calling? Because I, I didn't want to stall anymore. I just, I could. That was the first thing that came in my head. Provolone. So, Brandon Davis with Swan Energy will be our guest. Provolone is just getting everything set up right now, so I am just talking a little bit but with brandon uh we are going to need a mic level check from you uh on the fly here if you wouldn't mind so what i'll do folks is we're just going to start the interview off here with brandon davis with swan energy and three two one give me a mic level check buddy
0: brandon davis swan energy
3: excellent and our mic levels look good so provolone is doing a fantastic job Uh, Brandon Davis joining us here, Swan Energy. We're going to talk about a variety of different things, but we we have to start the interview off talking about the coronavirus, the COVID-19 we have. And um, I tell you, we've got all kinds of phone calls coming in. We've got public health officials. I've got the governor and the lieutenant governor that I'm going to be speaking to later on. And so, uh, uh, Brandon, I appreciate you coming on. I know you're busy as well. Talk to me about... You know, what's going on? Because here at where, where we're at, at our Crude Life studios, we're still business as usual, you know, under watch, if you will. But, you know, we we people are still showing up and that sort of thing. So how about you guys at your office? Where are you guys at?
0: We're in Greenway, and everyone's showing up and working. Uh, we have lots to do. Really, nothing's changed as far as office functionality and, and our program. And I don't see it changing in the near future. But it's definitely a different vibe than it was
3: Two weeks ago well and that that doesn't mean other people's environment hasn't changed and that sort of thing and that's kind of one of the things i I do love about about america where we're at still that uh, we can still allow some of these things you know to happen and you know obviously it, it might change but um talk to me a little bit about the guys out in the field that you've got you know we talked a little bit off the air and You mentioned, you know, you've got guys that go out in the field a little bit. So, first of all, what's their day like in terms of, you know, who do they interact with? Who are your customers? What types of things are they doing? Because I think everybody kind of understands the office job, you know. People have an office or a cube and laptop or a desktop and phone calls and all that other stuff. It's the guys out in the field, though, that at the end of the day, their jobs are going to keep going no matter what
0: their jobs will probably not change at all. Not at all. And, which, is the, which is the interesting, yeah, I mean, they're, they're going out, uh, my, my uh, main field business is a short haul water, wastewater company, so we pick up water from wells and haul it to disposal wells, and that absolutely, number one, it can't stop, because if that business stops, oil production stops, and that is a whole different conversation. Um, so those are very much essential things that need to continue happening. And we, we work with uh, most of the players in the stack in, in central Oklahoma is, is where we are with water hauling. Um, but nothing's changed there other than, um, of course, the companies that we haul water for want a better deal um that's <laughs> <25. laughs> for them That's like it's already as good as it's gonna get i don't hey, see how but, anyone could reduce their prices for by the right
3: way now. let oh, me oh. jump in here for a second on this one because <laughs> well no in, in all seriousness you know this is something the the oil companies put out and it, it went through the media so they put it out publicly and they said we want a 25 re- percent reduction across the board and listen i i don't know where you stand on this but they already did it back in 2014, 15, and 16, and um, I know. <laughs> and and so there's, I, I'm speaking up for the industry now, saying, listen, oil and gas companies, I get it, you guys are the kings of the economy, but stop. You can't ask these guys to 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 cut anymore. They've they've cut everywhere they possibly can, and I, I, I you know what I mean? I mean, I like I said, I don't know where you stand on this, but that's a pretty hot topic in the industry right now.
4: I
0: stand where I feel that prices can't go any lower for services. I, I, they're, they're too low right now. I, our margins are in the single percentage point if we're lucky, um, and we're not lucky that often. So for, for any request, I'm not going to go work for someone and pay to do it, and that's what they're asking for. Um, I'll park all my trucks before that happens and uh, just wait. And the downside for these guys doing this, in this game they're playing, it's a very, very slippery slope because at some point <clears throat> there's going to be one, co- there's going to be one company and then they're going to pay 500 times more. That, that's where, that's what they're, if they keep doing this, that's what's going to happen. You know, it's going to eliminate everybody else. It's going to eliminate all the competition that drove the prices down in the first place. But when, when that changes, when that, when that dynamic goes, and it's already been shifting. This is going to push it way further down the road um it's a very dangerous territory
3: for him well we sure. we're we're in unknown territory we're in dangerous territory we're in unpredictable territory so right now a lot of these conversations they very well could happen now a lot of them could mm-hmm. be could be you know mongering, pie in the sky or whatever the case is but the fact of the matter is when you look at the current environment anything is possible anything is possible i mean i talked to a guy earlier today about about the conversations about nationalizing oil for crying out loud. And that was a politician I talked to about that. And he said, don't you say that. Well, no, I I mean, I'm not gonna continue on and enable that by any means, but if that's the conversations that are happening, well, anything's possible. So what, what I think that is gonna happen here is I think the biggest threat that is going on to our economy is small business. And, and, and mid-level businesses to where they need to be be kind of the focus right now because I don't, I mean, I, I look at it and I feel really bad for them because, you know, Boeing's going to get bailed out. And I don't know if some small business guy is going to get bailed out. I, I, I guess I don't know. I just, I, I'm kind of looking to see what happened in, in the energy industry and what they went through and OPEC and Russia hit. And it almost gave you like a preview of what was going to happen to the rest of the economy. And yesterday, I talked to Joe Dancy about it's almost like the globe is on the bust cycle of a boom-bust town, you know, where it just shuts down so fast. And um, I don't know, it just it just made me think a little bit more about what, what's going on and what's happening, and I really started to focus on small business a little bit. You mentioned water hauling, you mentioned hot oil, I think, one of those two, but it, That's a big small business and all kinds of different things. Have you thought about the small business angle in this? About you know even the servers and the restaurants and the landlords that own the buildings that the servers are supposed to pay the rent on, and now they don't. It's just it's just a ripple, and it can. I don't know. I'll I'll shut up and and let you talk now because I I can go for hours on this.
0: I I can too, and that's the first thing you thought I thought of whenever it's just when they canceled the NBA season. You know, it's like how many. thousands and thousands of people that depend on checks from those jobs aren't going to get paid now. I mean, just right then. And that has happened here everywhere. It's like the life as we know it is going to be different going forward than it has been in the past period. It's going to be, and it's going to be a very different environment for businesses. Small businesses are going to struggle and especially businesses that are barely breaking even. Um, on a month-to-month basis, a friend of mine has a restaurant here in town, Cowboys and Indians, and you know they've just got to a point where they were rolling really well, and now they can't have people come to the restaurant.
3: And like I said, think about the server. That's crazy. Think about the server that relies on that daily cash as part of their yes. income. In fact, in North Dakota, where I'm from, they only pay servers four and a quarter an hour of minimum wage because
0: man when i was a server i was $2.25 so they're they're paid well i'm it, just going to say exactly
3: i mean some states re- require you to pay the actual minimum wage but there's a lot of states that you can pay a couple bucks or more under the minimum wage because the tips offset it okay so right. you know i and i get that so when you think about the servers that rely on the tips in order to pay the rent because let's be honest a lot of servers they either um, rent or they supplement income for um, for somebody who's more of a breadwinner. And I don't mean to stereotype, but that that is the truth. That that's just the lifestyle of the cash person that has. And then not only that, but like I said, now you got the landlords, you know. And I was having a conversation with someone the other day about their property in Maui, Airbnb, farmer family from Central North Dakota. $15,000 a month, really, at the end of the day that they got to come up with for that property in Maui. Well, it worked just fine on Airbnb for the last five years. They had no problem paying any... In fact, they were even go, they were even making a little money on that. But I don't know how many people are going to fork out $15,000 a month out of their 401k, which is not there. $15,000 a month out of their savings. Do you know what I mean? I mean, these are real problems. These are real problems that people are having. And no one's talking about it at all. So um,
0: well, I, I, I'm, I'm thinking that people just haven't had time to let it all soak in.
3: I, I think you're right. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to bring you on, because, you know, you, you, you're one of the, the companies out there that is really remaining calm through this. And I do think that's, that's somewhat of a positive attribute to have through this. Secondly, at the end of the day, what we just talked about earlier is, is the honest-to-God truth. The energy industry will continue to move ahead. Now, retail is going to change. Um, you know, the, yep. the the grocery stores might change. Uh, there might be some insurance agents that'll change. You know, that sort of thing. But the energy industry is not going to change. The guys are going to need to go out in the field. Um, now, the energy offices could change. I get all that. But um, at the end of the day, what you mentioned earlier about the, the guys – driving and trucking and that sort of thing that that's going to remain the same you know we might get some remote fracking that'll increase and everything else but talk to me about the guys that you have the services that you provide a little bit and you know there's a reason that you're remaining calm for one you guys have a plan and number two you understand that you've got some some positions and jobs that just can't change because we need power
0: that that there there really isn't a plan and i'm going to say that Um, half-heartedly. Obviously, we're we're planning to continue things as as normal, but uh, the calm about me is is not so much in that I know what's going to happen and I know what to do. It's that I know I can't control what's coming at me right now Um, and it's coming from many angles, from the oil price continuing to just plunge to like just generally people just not being able to go to work because the government's telling them not to. Um, I'm just I'm sitting back and watching and waiting for an opportunity because at some point there will be something I can control that will make a difference. Um, at, at this point, it's literally just kind of let it all come at you and you know don't don't react too quickly and and your opportunity will present itself and that is true for all my businesses and I have an operating gold mine in uh, Oregon. I have the trucking company in Oklahoma. We have non-operated working interests in wells um, in uh colorado and in oklahoma and uh, we have a little field we operate here in texas through a company called oak energy that i have but you know, all of it's just kind of hanging out um and waiting for an opportunity and when we see it we're going to pounce and uh that's that's what i'm going to do you're not going to let it take advantage of me
3: you, you have a gold mine
0: <laughs> True,
3: that's cool yes, and
0: it, it's a, it costs a fortune to keep
4: just
3: gonna say. <laughs> I mean, that's so cool. I mean, whether I mean, it's, it's operating be. or not. I mean, I've I've seen these ads about these like remote locations in Colorado where you can buy buy like an old gold mine or whatever. And I thought, you know, that'd be cool just to own one. <laughs> anyway. Mine's for
0: sale if you, if you have any takers. I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, it does it does have has plenty of gold.
3: All right, so if anybody's looking for a gold mine, man, we'll put the links right at the the Crude Life's uh, podcast show page. You can certainly link up there, but uh, talk to me about the world of energy a little bit. Uh, you know, from the 5,000-foot view or the five-year plan, where are you guys going, you know? I mean, because, you know, you mentioned that you're kind of laying back a little bit, so that means you guys have, have future plans. You guys are, are looking ahead at the future. You're not, you know what I mean, you're not reacting in a way that a lot of other companies are. You you guys have future plans, I can certainly tell, but, uh, you know, just talk to me about over the next few years, what, what are your guys, you know, plans as you see it?
0: Yeah, well, the best laid plans change and change often, and that's, what we're in the process of doing right now. Um, you have to be in the market, and the market changes constantly in our business. So you constantly have to be, have your head on a swivel and be looking for where to be, um, whether that's in more gas or oil or uh, service side of work or, or get back to drilling wells. And, and I, I feel that with where things are right now, most of our focus is going to be on production and, and increasing production, lowering cost and getting more out of what we've got um, than developing new uh, production. And that's that's where I see us going um, in the next few years, based on what I what's happening today. It could change tomorrow, um, but that that is th- this is when you squeeze all the blood out of the turnip, and and that's what our plan
3: is. You mentioned earlier that you have some activity happening in the stack right now. Are you in any other shale plays? Are you looking to be in any other shale plays? Talk to me about the different uh, shale play USA activity you have.
0: Well, yeah, my, my, my bread and butter, my, my, the love of my life is the DJ Basin and the Wattenberg Field proper. Um, it has been very good to me, and we've had a lot of, a lot of, a lot of good things happen up there And uh, from an economic standpoint. Until the last week, um, those wells still looked amazing, and they still don't look horrible. I mean, I, they've made so much progress up there as far as the, the the way that they're drilling the wells, the way they're completing the wells, and how much they're getting out of them. I, off the cuff, back of the napkin, in my viewpoints, usually 50,000 feet, 5,000 feet, way too close. Um, but they've cut the cost of the wells down by 66%, and they've increased production by 25 to 35%. Um, and it's just phenomenal. The economics are phenomenal. So I'm sure if prices stay where they are, um, they will continue to find ways to improve those wells and make them economic because it's just that good of an asset. And that that has been our wheelhouse for the better part of eight years. Um, and we continue and plan to continue to participate in, in non-operated wells there.
3: So, when you say DJ Basin, automatically, you know, the word Denver's in there, right? So I, I, think, <laughs> yeah. I, I think of Colorado right, right away, but, but really the DJ is, is more of Wyoming, Nebraska, and Kansas, isn't it?
0: It's a, it's a lot in Kansas, um, or in, especially in, in uh, Wyoming, and just a little bit in Colorado. But the part of it that's in Colorado, which is in Weld County, which is now its own, has its own oil and gas uh, governance separate from the state. Um, is where most of our focus has been. And it's still, yeah, it's a little scary that it's in Colorado just based on things that have happened there in the last few years politically. Um, but it's all worked out and it's just kind of continued to move in the right direction. So, um,
4: how long have a, you
3: been, very, how long have you been, how long you been drilling out there? You said eight years, ten years, something like that? Eight years. So yeah,
0: we started leasing in 2012.
3: I, I, um, I would stay in Fort Collins when I would go to Colorado. I would uh, stay because, you know, if I had a meeting in Denver or I had a meeting in Greeley, Fort Collins was much easier because it was right off the interstate because I would drive down from North Dakota. right. And about five years ago, I did start noticing that in the breakfast bars, people would kind of look at me a little... I grew up as a Redskins fan, so when I'd wear a Redskins jersey, I understood what public shaming is when people look at you. <laughs> and and so I kind of I kind of felt like that, you know. And and I'd ask people in the breakfast bars, you know, and just having regular conversation, you know, what do you do for a living? And then they'd look over their shoulder before they say oil and gas work and that sort of thing. Did you notice that evolution happening? Or talk to me about a little bit of that environment. If you're in Weld County. It I mean you go to Fort Collins it literally you can you can feel the energy change when you cross that county line.
0: You absolutely can and you can you can feel the energy change when you cross into Boulder County and it's just it's amazing how 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 different it is across literally like a street. Um, it's it's a whole oh my goodness. Yeah i was i lived there too i lived in denver for uh thirteen years so i i watched that evolve and um we went from the black sheep to to the to the black mark it was kind of interesting was <laughs> it went from bad to worse um hmm. people there are just it's it's a different i don't understand and you know, everybody loves the benefits but uh it's a lot of misinformation, I think, causes that. And and yeah, it was it was it was uh, it was not unusual at all to be at dinner and having a conversation about business and getting getting uh, snarls from across the room from people who were just just hated us because we were in the oil business. I mean, that just happened. It yeah. happened a
3: lot. And like I said, I mean, I growing up a Redskins fan, I mean, about 10, 15 years ago, I started feeling that. I mean, I, I remember going to the grocery store and I mean, this elderly woman, she had to be in her 80s. She came up to me and said, how can you wear that? And it was a Redskins jersey. I got it as a gift. <laughs> I mean, this was like eight, eight, eight years ago, you know, I mean, so I was just kind of like, it was a Sunday morning for crying out loud anyways, but like, oh my goodness, yeah, it was like a, it was like a Gus Ferrat Redskins jersey. The guy hadn't played there in like 10 years or something like that. It was a, anyway, but whatever. So, okay. Swan energy. What is it that you guys do? You know, what, who are your customers? What services do you offer? Talk to me a little bit about, you know, what it is you guys are doing out there.
0: Well, the main thing Swan Energy does is raise money to drill wells, and that's our primary focus, and we do a lot of that. Um, And then we manage about 60 different entities that we've formed over the years that do different things, and and some of the – everything I've mentioned is part of that group. Um, So uh, we have a pretty strong management team. And we are able to move quickly in, in whichever direction we decide to go um, as a company. We uh, once started, a, we started our trucking company in less than 12 days um, from nothing. So no, we, no? we, we have, we have, <laughs> we did um, from, from a concept to a business in 12 days. Um, but that's what we do. We create business. And, and we put together people that are like-minded to do that. And whether that's investors or engineers or a combination of that, uh, th- those two or, or, or any combination as far as that goes, um, we, we make shit happen. And that's that's what we have done and that's what we're going to continue to do even during this crazy time we're in right now.
3: How is the trucking doing? I mean, obviously the Amazon deliveries are going to go up and the, the DoorDash deliveries and, you know, restaurants are going to probably have to have Uber Eats and, and things like that. But in the trucking world, a lot of people, I think, would assume that right now anyways, the the, the trucking industry would be doing very well. It should be. I mean, right, right. That it would be. Just, just restocking toilet paper, you think, that you'd have enough business.
0: Just, just that. Yeah, I, mean, I think that the piece, of, the people that are going to be hurt the most are the retail businesses in this in this deal. I mean, when when you get into our industry and the end user, I mean, the products are going to still get delivered. their people are going to still receive what they need. Mm-hmm. I, I don't see that stopping or changing. I think it's going to be they're going to receive it more um, indirectly than walking in and getting it themselves. But I I think we've already been headed that direction as a society. I mean, it's it's if you think about all of the things that we have today. Amazon is a big one where you know you get anything you want tomorrow, and most most things today, um, at least here in Houston, and without having to go anywhere. I mean that that's already that's already been prepped for us. So so like to live the way we're getting ready to live for a little while. Um, you know we we've been we've been receiving hints of of things moving in that direction for years, and uh, I feel that with as much as I'm not a fan of. Uh, social media and all of the crazy it brings—it's going to be the only outlet people have to communicate with other people for a little while. So it's great. It's, it's it's a good thing that it's there.
3: Um, Here, here's you'll have what, some
0: kind of social normal like interaction-wise.
3: What what you said earlier about things are never going to be the same again is you're right. Okay, so we're already talking about you know this there, there's already a scuttlebutt. And by the time this podcast goes out, we might already be in some sort of uh, two month, you know, shutdown because, you know, it doesn't take much to look at the tea leaves where when Las Vegas is shutting down for 30 days, the rest the rest of the dominoes are going to fall. Okay. It's just going to happen. And, and in terms of uh, hotels, in terms of casinos, in terms of you know, just major public areas, you know, the retail sector, that sort of thing. But, hey, there's still going to be the same amount of money out on the planet. And it's still going to be circulating around. And so people are going to be ordering online and this and that. So, you know, the Macy's of the world and the J.C. Pennies of the world and um, th- that sort of thing. Those, those companies are going to suffer. Th- they're going to suffer. As I mentioned, the oil and gas companies, they're going to keep going. Because people still need to turn their light switches on. And that the reality is at the end of the day, ninety-five percent of the products we use and the energy we, we use comes from fossil fuels. So I get that. However, humans, it takes about twenty-one days to do a new behavior. It takes about twenty-one days to recondition. So at the end of two months, if you know we're in some sort of two-month lockdown or some sort of two-month change of behavior, just the sheer timing of it we're going to come out different people and that's that 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 part's not lost on me that you know it it takes about 3 weeks to change a behavior like if you're going to quit smoking or you're going to quit drinking or you're going to go work out or you're going to do go, they say after about 3 weeks it's it's pretty much a new part of your life so um not to get too you know existential on you Brandon but you know I wanted to take even a step back further and say listen what you said earlier I think is exactly right that at the end of the summer Industry is not going to look the same. Probably the way that we look at America even won't even look the same either.
0: The whole world is changing right before our eyes. And every 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 aspect of our lives are going to change some. Um, some will change a lot. And I'm actually kind of excited to see what happens. Um,
3: I am too, to be honest.
0: It's, it, it's scary. It's a little scary, like not knowing and kind of wondering where, where we'll get what, what will be in a week is the last week has brought change that I never thought I would see so um, and it's exciting it's a little a little unnerving but at the end of the day I think that we're resilient so and I want we, we will all we will all end up in, in the right place and be okay but but it's gonna it's gonna take a few it's gonna take a little bit of, a little bit of patience to get there
3: it's going to be interesting to see how, how this goes, but I do want to ask you one more question if you had time, and that is about, um, you know, the the big retirement shift that is going on in the industry, where they projected that by the year 2022, so we're only two years away from it, that about 70% of the industry would be retired. So on, on one hand, you know, it's there's even a term, the big crew shift, you know, that's happening. And when you layer in you know the big data coming in and the new technologies coming in and the new jobs they are and remote fracking and this now coronavirus that's gonna make remote working a lot more palatable for people and I'll, all I could think of not all I could think of but I did take a moment to think of I'm trying to be better with my language and my word play because what bothers me about the media is when they use absolute language and exaggerated language. So I'm trying, to, try, I'm trying to self-correct myself. Hey, man, I'm all about growth. You know, we're all about growth. But anyway, I get back to where I'm going. I'm thinking about the retirees, these 70% of retirees, you know. I'm sure part of their, um, their retirement was in the stock market, which is not doing well. But I'm sure a big portion of it was probably energy stocks, you know, oil and gas specifically. And and before the coronavirus hit, the uh, Russia and OPEC shenanigans already made energy stocks in the tank. Um, do you talk to any of the retirees? Do you know this issue that I'm talking? I just, you know, I just want to take a moment to say that if anybody, you know, knows anybody that retired, you might want to reach out to them and just see how things are going because, they might have just gotten hit with about an 80% reduction in their retirement in the last week, and they don't know what the heck to do. So, anyway, I just wanted to take a moment to mention that. I don't know if you've thought about that or if I'm out, out of line for even saying that in the interview. But
0: I I think you're spot on for saying that, and I think there's probably a lot of people sitting around going, what am I going to do? Yeah, I, I know. I, <laughs> I, I guarantee it. And, I you know, I, I think that everyone, again, it gets back to like, just let the dust settle before you do anything. Like, there's no there's no reason to get in a rush, because at this point, the whole world is almost stopped. So the most important thing to do is not do anything rash and be calm. Like, I, I just, I have, the, the crazier it's gotten, the less concerned I've been. And I don't know if that makes me crazy or if it's just to my character of, like, the, 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 the more out of control things are around you, the more in control you have to be. I don't know. Um,
3: no, that but, makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, right?
0: I, I feel very, very, very calm right now. And
3: uh, It's kind of nice when you're just in control of yourself and, and, and your immediate right. family and your immediate surroundings. And, you know, uh, every summer for the last five years, I do a social media hiatus. I go off all my personal social media. And last month, last summer, I did it for four months. I just kept going. Wow. Yeah, it was great. Well, my son, he's now 13. He'll be 14 next month. He doesn't want any pictures on social media anymore. And so when he pretty much said, dad, it's not cool, that pretty much ended it for me pretty easy because I don't post much about myself. <laughs> I just, well, you know, a lot of people on Facebook and, and you know, that, that type of thing, they like the pictures of the kids and all that stuff. And And so I was okay with that. I do the business stuff. Don't get me wrong. I mean, there's, you know, LinkedIn and, uh, Facebook we've got over 250,000 followers just on Facebook between our six or seven social media sites there because the conversation can get pretty lively but um, you know there, there is a there is an advantage and to circle back to your comment about social media that's the reason I bring it up I do think right now social media is going to be a very utilized platform with that said I think that the real secret sauce is going to be how can you separate yourself and be noticed? Because think about it: if everybody's doing it, well, what's going to make you so special? Why are people going to look at you? And that—that's going to be a tough, tough goal because you know people aren't going to be able to have meetings like they used to. They got to do things on Zoom and Skype and Facetime and all. I mean, it's it's that just that whole trying to. Trying to arrange everybody's personal schedules. Oh boy, it's going to be interesting. Anyway, I I see. I get going, man. Sometimes, and I just well, we, anyway. Go ahead. The thing is,
0: though, we we've already been heading there for a while. I, mean, I I'm a I'm a face to face kind of meeting kind of guy. Like, I prefer everybody in the same room, uh, whether that's me too ten people or ten thousand people. But you know, it's 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 very very much everyone that wants to meet with me wants to do it on a video conference, and I hate doing that. And now i don't have a choice so i guess i'm gonna to have to suck it up and do it myself i guess i'm gonna to have to get on the program but that's it's been there it's been there for a while and it's and it's gotten to the point where we can we can actually function as if we are in meetings from all over the world like we're in the same room it's it's amazing and and uh with that it's like what if this would have happened 20 years ago we would, we would be in a different place today. So everything that's happened in our lives and everything that's there and it's available for us is, is there for a reason. I think that it's just you know, take advantage of it and everybody needs to, to relax until the dust settles enough to, to see through it.
3: One of the things I mentioned yesterday in the program is uh, this is a very good time to take a step back and ask yourself, what do you want to do with your business? What do you want to do with your life? How do you want to live your life? Because right now, in, in, the, in the midst of all this stuff going on, you actually have an opportunity, a legitimate opportunity to start fresh, if you'd like to, right now. And that can be in a lot of different ways. That can be in your personal life, that can be in your professional life, that can be even just reinventing your business, because right now, just the way the market is, you're forced to be in a cocoon, to a certain degree. Uh, what do they call it? Uh, social distancing? What, what, whatever <laughs> word, whatever wordsmithing Orwellian word they're using at us today, okay? It's 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 kind of a got a contradiction in nature to it. But I look at this right now, reinvent, reset, and revive your life. And so many people, their business is their life, that it's a great opportunity to do all that together because you can. I mean, really, for me, four or five years ago, was it four four years ago? Up until four years ago, I had not done a phone interview on my programs because all of my interviews were face to face. Because I'm the same as you, I prefer face to face. And I was getting meetings with CEOs and you know everything like that—Harold Hamm and John Gibson and all the big names you can drop—and this and that. Well, then I, you know, then life changed for me, and I became a single father. And I was a full-time single father, alone by myself, and I had to reinvent my business at that time, so I created a home studio that allowed me to have phone interviews. And that changed my business, which set me up for today, right now. So again, to validate your point about being calm, controlling your life, your surroundings, having a little faith even, and I think things will work out, don't you? Well, they have for me, anyway, so I'm just saying they have Things for me. Things
0: will absolutely work out, even if, even if, I'm sitting here thinking, listening to you talk, going, okay, if I lose everything, then I could. That's that's, that's uh, It's on the table. Like I, I can say that. Like you said earlier about um, socializing energy, everything is on the table right now. It has to be. You just don't know. I'm still going to be okay if that happens. So, yes. Everything everything is going to end up where it needs to be, and the best is yet to come. I believe that wholeheartedly.
3: The other moral of the story that we have is order local. Order your food local for a while because they the restaurants need help. What's the name of that restaurant? They, they and, tip, oh.
0: and tip people when you order local because those people still need to make money to live.
3: What, what was the name of that restaurant that you mentioned earlier? Cowboys we, and Indians. We better give them a plug. What's the Cowboys yeah, and Indians. Yeah, you
0: should. And they have a website, cni713.com. You can order free delivery, and their food is amazing. So I would absolutely suggest all of you try it
3: cowboys and indians what city
0: it's in houston okay in montrose
3: uh you know what we're we're gonna put the link right on our website because here's the thing with the crude life is that sometimes you know living the crude life doesn't always go the best way but we want to make sure we have a platform for people out there so if anybody wants to come on and talk about what their business is doing or how they're responding or that sort of thing. You know, that's what the crude life is about. That's why we actually started the daily podcast. We started the daily podcast in January and we've been prepping it for a year because, uh, you know, we do radio shows and our radio shows are podcasted. And that's how we looked at life was that we're already doing things. So we podcast the interviews and then we podcast our radio shows. But we did know and we did see that the that the industry needed a daily Talk show, if you will, a place for anyone to come on and talk about what's going on, because the industry is changing every day, and so therefore we needed to be daily. So I just want to thank you for coming on and talking, you know, freely and openly, and and uh, just you know explaining to people out there that listen. Times are tough right now, but we're remaining calm. The host of the program is remaining calm. So if you remain calm, we'll all get through this together and uh so i just want to thank you for doing that and go ahead and give your business another plug if you wouldn't mind so that way people can know if they want to reach out and do some business with you or even talk to you about how to remain calm
0: as swan energy is my business and swanenergyinc.com is our website and feel free to reach out i i appreciate you having me on it's actually been a uh, very eye-opening for me just to have a conversation about this because i haven't really had many conversations about it so um, my headspace is uh, way better than it was before we got on the phone, and I appreciate you and the questions you asked because it definitely took, it took the conversation in the direction you needed to go. So I appreciate it. To listen to the full-length interview, visit thecrudelife.com. But now
1: I'm back at the mar again Hanging out with all my rowdy friends Getting drunk and singing redneck songs I'll probably stay here, baby, all night long Pour me a beer and a shot the of The Crude tea.
2: Life is sponsored in part by Historic, the first full conversion refinery to be built in the U.S. in over 40 years Innovative, the cleanest, most technologically advanced downstream project ever The model for future shale basin projects Groundbreaking the davis refinery nice cold
1: whiskey glass hanging out with friends and having a blast my mom and dad think it's a waste of time not anymore drinking beer and riding redneck rhymes but i think i'll do it just as long as i can that's why i'm back at the bar again yeah, man,
3: back and that's going to do it for today's The again. Crude Life Podcast. I'd like to thank Brandon Davis for coming on today's program from Swan Energy. Excellent conversation. I'll tell you what, folks. That's the type of conversations I really enjoy having here at The Crude Life. That was some real good, honest, authentic talk there about what are we going to do? Everything's on the table. Nationalizing oil? Are you kidding me? We actually said those words twice in the last interview on this program? Doesn't mean we endorse it, but I'll tell you what, that shows you what kind of world we're in right now. Everything is on the table. U.S. Senator Kevin Kramer coming up in just a moment or two on our daily radio update here on the podcast, because we end the program with a daily radio update, and today it'll be U.S. Senator Kevin Kramer talking about extreme liberalism. That's what's going on with environmentalism, in his opinion. Also, we have our daily headline links available at the crudelife.com show page. Our sponsor today, Target Hospitality. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We appreciate it very much because we literally need to keep our lights on. And in exchange, we are going to tell everybody how we keep our lights on by entertaining, educating, and informing the audience out there because it's not just the flick of a switch. You don't just go down and turn the circuit breaker on. No, it's the hardworking men and women out there like Target Hospitality. Target Hospitality is the largest vertically integrated specialty rental and hospitality services company in the United States. They operate across the U.S., providing high-quality, cost-effective, and customized specialty rental accommodations, culinary services, and hospitality solutions as their integrated housing and hospitality communities. For more information, visit TargetHospitality.com. Of course, you can click on our show page link there as well. Our featured event is on hiatus till further notice, except for the March Madness Tournament, the Crude Life 2020 March Madness Tournament. First round of action tomorrow, March 19th and the 20th. And folks, you're going to want to stick around and find out who wins the National Championship of the Crude Life Tournament, March Madness. I'd like to thank Blind Joe for being our Crude Life music crossover. Thank you very much, Blind Joe. He, of course, was on NBC's The Voice. He's a really is blind, by the way, and he's one of the fantastic people on this planet, one of the most fantastic people. In fact, uh, Blind Joe, if you're looking for a way to help out somebody supporting our industry, getting and buying and purchasing some music from Blind Joe is a great way to do it because this is how he feeds his family, folks. And guess what? His live events are on hiatus till further notice, too, because he definitely gets more than 10 people at his events. I do remember, though, back when he would only get one or two, and I was one or two of those people. So I love you, Blind Joe. All right. Hatch Coaching, our studio sponsors and our phone line sponsor, the Bakken Barbecue. Folks, the Crude Life podcast can be heard every Monday through Thursday with a week in review on Friday. Provolone, excellent job today thank you for wearing the mask around the office i'm going to i don't know wear a bandana i suppose maybe eat a banana that's what i'm gonna do i'm gonna eat a banana and then put on the bandana because if i put the bandana on and then try to eat the banana i got another problem and i got too many problems right now i'm trying to eliminate problems not gain problems so all right folks that's going to do it today thank you very much for your support and choosing the Crude Life content, because there's so many ways to get content today. Everybody seems to have a podcast. Ron Burgundy has a podcast. He's a fictional character. You got Mario Lopez, the actor. He has one. Of course, Joe Rogan has probably the number one podcast. And then My Neighbor's Cat, awesome podcast. It's meowtific. Let me tell you that. All right. Provolone, excellent job today. From the staff here at The Crude Life Podcast, my name is Jason Speece, thanking you and asking you to always remember energy is more than an industry,
2: it's a way of life. The Crude Life with host Jason Speece.
3: My name is Jason Speece and this is The Crude Life Daily Update. On today's episode, we talk with U.S. Senator Kevin Kramer. In just a moment, part of our exclusive interview with U.S. Senator Kevin Kramer, right here on the Crude Life Daily Update.
4: Yeah, so it's, it's very interesting, and you're right, Mike has come out, uh, I guess, as is APX, they, they represent sort of, um, mid-size and, and, and up um, companies. Uh, Independent Producers Association of America, they've said the same thing. Um, DEPA is, is another organization that's once headed up by Harold Hamm. None of them are asking for a bailout. I, you know, there there are various various things that we're hearing from from them what they'd like. One of the major things is, and we've been talking about capital and access to capital and capex um, at a time when when the price is thirty dollars. The, the one thing that is happening, of course, is that interest rates have come down to where money is very cheap. At least, you know, credit is very cheap, and um, and it's probably coming down even further. I think access to liquidity. Um, is, is a pretty big piece of it that that, that I think helps the industry a lot um, the good news is that they've been on a pretty good run although prices you know, recently have been have been low um, you know they, they've been in a, they've been in a pretty good spot um Harold and, and, and the folks at DEPA are looking for a po- possible investigation into anti-dumping, you know, anti-dumping laws by mm-hmm. Saudi Arabia. Mm-hmm. And I think that's relevant. It's certainly worth looking at, and they ought to be aware of it because I think it does fit. I think, the, you know, the, the the documents that I've looked at, the history of, of anti-dumping and how it's been applied um, it makes sense. Um, but even that is not natural for the oil man because the oil man likes free, open global markets and we are the stabilizer in those markets but when you have big market players like um saudi arabia in in russia manipulating the markets the way they are i think the, I think they have a case to be made and that they should be reined in on the other hand um and, and by the way I, I also think that i do think there's some diplomatic things happening that hopefully will be successful along those lines i i signed a letter yesterday that dan sullivan dan from um dan is from alaska he and i put together a letter to the crown prince, Saudi Arabia, saying, knock it off. Um, you know, we are your ally. We've been your ally. We've defended you when it wasn't easy to defend you. And you ought not be dancing with Vladimir Putin. You better get your act together. So we, we put it on pretty heavy and got a number of other senators uh, to sign it. And, and I think there's, you know, I think there's some movement taking place, but you can't keep the pressure off
3: either. And that was U.S. Senator Kevin Kramer. To listen to the full-length interview or to check out other exclusive interviews, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. From the staff here at the Crude Life Daily Update, my name is Jason Spies asking you to always remember, energy is more than an industry,
0: it's a way of life. The Crude Life is sponsored in part by
2: Historic.
1: That's the kind of world that I live in I play a different town most every night Love on my woman, write a new song, that's my life Well that's my life, yes y'all and I love it Well that's my life, there ain't nothing else in the world above it and I see people all alone picking their guitars, playing their songs, and I tell them, forget it. Cause you can't fake it, you're gonna make it, you gotta live it. I got a big bus with a TV and a bar and a little room in the back for me and my old guitar. I gotta stop and fuel up every 500 miles. Give a picture to the waitress, eat a breakfast, country style. Cause that's my life. Yes, yeah, y'all and I love it. That's my life. There ain't nothing else in the world above it. And I see people all alone picking their guitars, playing their songs. And I tell them, forget it. But you can't fake it. If you're going to make it. you got to live it. Get home from Nashville on a Monday night. Record songs on Tuesday and on Wednesday we take out the wife. But then on Thursday night, it's back on the road. I don't care if it's North Dakota or Southern Minnesota, just as long as I grow. Cause well, that's my life, yes, y'all, and I love it that's my life there ain't nothing else in the world above it and i see people all alone picking their guitars playing their songs and i tell them forget it Cause you can't fake it you're gonna make it you gotta live it yeah brother you can't fake it you're gonna make it you gotta live it
3: It seems everywhere I go these days, someone is telling me about the success of Hatch Coaching. Listen to what professional speaker Mark J. Lindquist has to say.
2: To see Eric Hatch grow his business and then start to share it with other people, I think is one of those great steps in life, you know? What do you do in society? You succeed at a thing, and then you teach other people how you did it. And now to see Eric duplicating his genius across the country, I'm telling you, There's a world changer down the street, and his name is Eric Hatch.
3: For more information, call 701-212-1572 or visit coachingwithhatch.com. That's coachingwithhatch.com.
0: The Crude Life, every Monday through Thursday, with a Week in Review on Friday.